what it do, baby. Welcome to Hit Different, your weekly music culture podcast with me, Mikey Cull, Sosef Fiamole, and Marcus T. We've got loads in store for you. I'm going to shut up so we can get on with it. But we're here. It's 2022. Uh, as pointed out in a meme, it's 2020. Two. No, not again. <laughs> not this one. But we're here and we're going to just chop it up today and let you know what we've been listening to, what we've been up to. There'll be a bit of, a little bit of tea spilt as well. We'll be talking about different things and uh, and just getting on with it. What do you what have you guys been doing? What have you been listening to? Hit me. Well, I've just come back from Monophoma, which is pretty fun. I feel pretty lucky about that, literally a couple of days ago. You're fancy. Yep. Yep. Fancy in economy good. class, asking for the exit <laughs> row, but someone else gets it. Which always drives me nuts. See, that's annoying because as tall folk, Uh it's less of an aesthetic desire and more of like, you know, a necessity. Yeah. Our legs need to move. Yeah, I I can't stop myself glaring at them as I walk up the aisle (laughs) to my small, featureless little corner of the plane. But um, that is inconsequential next to the generosity of... (laughs) rolling around Monophoma in the, in the glorious sunshine over the weekend. Good deal, man. Yeah, it was really fun. Got to see Midnight Oil. Got to see The Next. Yeah. Damn. Got to see Friends of Rom, funnily enough. Were they heaps who, of fun? They were a replacement for The Chills, okay. which was oh. an interesting choice because the, the Chills couldn't make it across because mm-hmm. of COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friends of Rom were pretty fun. They're very funny. Yes, they are. Yeah. It's always funnier than it is <laughs> <laughs> enjoyable on a musical level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What else? But actually, one of my favorite things I saw was Gweno. Do you know Gweno? No, mm-hmm. I know Gweno. She kids with mistletoe. Yeah, she has a past life as uh, in the Pipettes, who were like I that was it like mid two thousands kind of UK pop girl group yeah. kind of thing, and a bit of an old school kind of retro way. Anyway, she is Cornish, Welsh. Maybe she's just Welsh. Apologies, I mean, Gweno. I've heard Cornish pastry thrown at Gweno a little bit. Like I've. I've <laughs> No, I have heard that she's, um, yeah. Sounds like reliable of... information <laughs> that you're, <laughs> what are you you're connected about, like, to. Did she do something at Acme while she was here as well? I think she did it. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, actually. Something where I was invited to it and I couldn't go. But yeah, right, okay. I don't know anything about Gweno. Tell us about the Gweno. Um, so Gweno, she sort of uh, reinvented herself, I guess, as like a Welsh language kind of almost experimental pop musician. Um, And she played a solo show in Launceston the weekend earlier in Monophoma, but this time around she did a score to a Cornish film, uh, which sounds very, I know, highfalutin and very Monophoma, but let me read it. (laughs) A Cornish fishing community struggles with the transformative effect of interloping holidaymakers. And then she played this live score to it. And joined by Australian experimental musician Sia Ahmad. Anyway, it was awesome. It was like one of those things that Monophoma is so good at where it doesn't make much sense on paper and you show up and, you know, you do a learn essentially. And, yeah, it was really beautiful and moving and and surprisingly that was kind of one of my highlights. Would you say they stuck the landing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This needs to go for longer. Christopher Coleman was also really awesome, who is a local guy. I haven't seen him or heard him in a long time. Yeah, he's kind of um, a, a dude in the vein of Augie March mm. or, um, yeah, that kind of like grand folk uh, rock kind of stuff 
Is he doing solo stuff now? He's doing solo stuff. He he had Mike Nogo in his band. And in fact, I think Glenn from Augie was in his band briefly mm-hmm. as well. So that gives listeners like a bit of an idea of where he's coming from. But um, I've listened to his stuff before and, you know, it never, it was, I always kind of respected it and it grabbed me. But his, his new stuff, uh, especially live, was quite amazing, actually. Very cool. Um, so that was really good. What would it sound like? Uh, what did it sound like? Well, kind of, uh, yeah, any, a fan of Augie March would be quite into, into it. It's the best way to put it, I think. Take us back to Midnight Oil and Garrett because I saw some of the yeah. stuff on the socials saying Peter Garrett is very weird and very great and he's an alien, I think. Yeah. Called. yeah. I mean, yeah, that, and that's nothing new to anyone that's yeah. seen Midnight Oil <laughs> before. But, yeah, I chose to, especially as a tall man and not having been into a, a rock gig for a while, I went. I decided to go right up, quite up the front. Nice. Which is really good. A little confronting. Yeah. As you know, age is not kind to any of us. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, to be in the presence of such a, killer band it, it kind of made me think i think i texted a friend who was asking what it was like it was like Minato could show up to the shittest venue with a bunch of shit instruments and sound incredible mm-hmm. like, just yeah, like that core right. kind of thing to them that makes them wonderful at what they do and obviously peter is such an amazing frontman, and they um for yeah anyone who doesn't know their bass player bones hillman he um, passed away a couple of years ago from cancer and he uh, was described as like the bass player with this the sweet voice. He did all the amazing mm. backing vocals that really makes a lot of their choruses kind of work. Um, so they essentially have replaced the, him on this tour with Leah Flanagan and oh, cool. uh, Lisa Miller. And, and that was really That's cool. To a feminine aspect into Midnight Oil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, in fact, Peter made a real point of it like quite often – in a chorus, he would go to the back and stand in between them as yeah. if kind of like, you know, camaraderie, not just being the front man out front and then throwing to the backing vocalist behind him sort of thing, which was a nice touch. I remember um, talking to Leah Flanagan at the APRA Awards last year and, and I think they were like in the middle of that Macarada Project tour at that time and I asked her about it because I'd seen them at Mount Dunedin and I was just like, how do you deal with that? Because it's already like super intense music and such well-known music. Like you don't want to fuck it up. Mm. And then all of a sudden you've got Peter Garrett next to you kind of like geeing you up and she's just like, it's the biggest distraction because like they'll <laughs> kind of decide. That, I mean, it's essentially the same songs every night but the order will change. Mm. So it's like very much a like you're you're feeling – you're feeling the room out and you have to go, you're like, you have to just be that switched on to read him. Mm. And she's just like, it's stressful as hell. And not just that, but there's fans up the front that, you know, have like a 1984 tour t-shirt yeah. on that, that know <laughs> ev- every single thing yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that happens in every single song and that uh, kind of like hawk's eyes on everything that's happening. Totally, totally. But yeah, so that was a real privilege to kind of see those guys on what they say is their last tour. Mm. Which which songs put down that weapon? U.S. forces. Which songs were the ones that really? Yeah, all the classics. You know, all the big ones. Um, yeah, King short, King mem- the short memory. Short memory. Short memory. Short memory. Oh, passion. All that stuff. Yeah, and does yeah. It, how how are the Peter Garrett's pipes? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, like you know, to shut your eyes and listen, it sounds like back mm. in the day, basically. It's startling. And yeah, it was I mean, funny to see him. Uh, when he chats in between songs, he's really kind of like fidgety and anxious. And he was wearing black bands as well, which I <laughs> found quite kind of funny. Is it a um, midlife crazy? <laughs> fit beyond midlife, isn't it? God well, I, I mean, we could almost do a whole segment on older rock stars that need to wear comfortable sneakers. I'm I mean, here Mick, for ja- it. Mick Jagger <laughs> kind of like being the most obvious one. Yeah. yeah. Metallica, they all wear black yep. bands. And straight up Prince, who unfortunately got addicted to, you know, 
swept up in the opioid mm. crisis, he was wearing, while he was dancing those amazing moves, he was wearing the most uncomfortable platforms. Mm. And that really contributed to his hip injuries mm. and Good on him for you know sacrificing you know, mm. but but not good on him at all because no. he should have been wearing some yeah. more ergonomically sound. Maybe if he, he could have put on some Dunlop volleys and like <laughs> had another ten years. I got a pair of Dunlop volleys for my tennis trivia last week for five dollars at <laughs> Mupo Brolo. That's Moody Ponds. Um, also, Kelly from Block Party apparently is a big fan of Dunlop volleys. Excellent, me likey. Um, what you're saying before about. Uh, the ages is not kind to us. Uh, Louisa Gola is an amazing South African, uh, black South African comedian. And he goes, you white people, <clears throat> you don't grow old. You rot. <laughs> I mean. It's amazing. He said it to a whole bunch of white people at the comedy festival. And we all kind of laughed and nodded and made an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just going, mm. I, there, there, there could be something in that. <laughs> could be something in that. Um, a bit more about the next, if you can. The next... I mean, the next. Uh, I, I was with some people that hadn't seen the next before, and I was trying to describe what they like. and And the way I like to suggest it is that for twenty minutes, you're like, "What the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. This is boring. Nothing's happening." And then twenty one minutes, you're suddenly somewhere else, mm. and you haven't realised that it's crept up on you and kind of like transported you and delivered you to this alternate dimension that kind of creeps over you. And I really found myself. Getting to that headspace, I, I guess, in the same way that meditation, like for a while, you're just so distracted, and then after a while, it's sort of like Something you suddenly <laughs> you find yourself there. And especially to do it on the lawns of Mona, where you've got Mount Wellington in the background, mm-hmm. you can see the sky changing color over the Derwent, and all this sort of stuff. And it was like it all coalesces into this magical goop that that is just so lovely. And the next always get there as well, which yeah. I, which is quite sort of something and. You're listening to, you know, cymbal washes and it's like, oh, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden you realise you've been listening to this beautiful piano melody for 10 minutes and it just constantly creeps up in you. And Yeah, I love that about them. To your point, uh, when Cornelius went in to visit Robbie in Tokyo from the Avalanches on his birthday, he just sort of came down, oh, come down, it's my birthday. And apparently he started just like starting a song and he'd just be like, bloop, bloop. And then it was a sort of looking, what's mm. it up to kind of thing. And then after half an hour, a bit more and adding some synths and adding this and adding, you know, some interesting drum sounds. And then by the end of it, apparently the whole room, all these super respected mm. musos are just mm. all entranced and all, you know, in awe of this incredible song, which made it onto the album, one of the last tracks. Yeah. The and the second thing on that point is Steve Cross from Remote Control. He talked about seeing Deer Hunter do a, a um, sound check a few years ago. And he goes, and he, was, he played Don't Fear the Reaper for 15 minutes. And everyone was like, mm, okay. And after like the eighth minute, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and the ninth minute still, what's? And then the tenth minute, everything coalesced into a magical goop. Mm. <laughs> and then it was just this whole thing. It was just like, else. where are we? All of a sudden. Like, it reminds oh. me also that I, that I was a bit of part of the magical goop by walking <laughs> into the bowels of Mona to see Ben Salter, who's doing like oh, a, yeah. Yeah, essentially a residency where he's yeah. just trapped inside Mona uh, endlessly um, recording. And he has like, Essentially, a studio set up down there, video games, you know, all the accoutrements of a uh, recording musician who sometimes wants to distract themselves, um, and a whole bunch of instruments, and he essentially um, records all day. But anyone who's walking past that, you know, he kind of knows, he ropes in. He, 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 I, I walked in and waved, and he roped me in. And Great. I, uh, handed me, like, a MIDI guitar and asked me to play it and I don't know if anyone's a proficient on midi keytar, but it's a very hard instrument to just pick embrace up. straight off the bat. 
How'd you go? You know, don't, I, don't, don't be uh, humble. It was really fun. I mean, it just made a bunch of noise. But there, And then there was another guy there called Chris Yates, who is an old friend of Ben's. They have a punk band called The Young Liberals and put out a bunch of records. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> And yeah, he was like, all right, we're pressing record. And I just started mucking around on that. Chris starts belt. He's like, I've got some lyrics and writes down some stuff and just starts belting it out while people are watching it on. And Ben started playing drums and we recorded it. And, you know, the playback is while people are watching, the, all the recordings happening while people are watching. It's very Terrific. cool. And, um, and then at three o'clock every day, Ben plays a set of just stuff that, you know, older songs, new songs, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which was really, really beautiful. I've seen Ben play a few times, but this one in particular was... Yeah, it really got me. Um, maybe it had something to do with like being next, you know, a few me- meters away from ancient Egyptian artifacts and death masks and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and he is doing it essentially endlessly. I asked him when it's finishing and he said he's not sure. He just joked to David Walsh that he should just set up a studio and record and at some point David Walsh called him on it. Now he's there forever. He's been doing that for a while too, hey? Yeah, yeah, I think it was about... Three or four months last year, and yeah. then a little bit of a break, and now he started up again. If you're listening, that's the best example of don't ask, don't get. Like you need to ask, you need to put yourself out there because that's how all these things, you know, eventuate. Sort of like band in the bubble, but less jabber and acid. Um, yeah, shout out to Regurgitator. Uh, ben sort of did that great version of Moving by Supergrass and Rockquist, didn't he? Don't know. I think he did it with uh, Kimbra. Yeah. Okay. I need to fact check that Q&A, but I'm pretty sure hmm. this is gorgeous, gorgeous version of it. He also sends great rambling uh, emails every now and then. He has a good he? email newsletter. Yeah, very mm-hmm. good, Ben Salter. We salute you, sir. Um, so, what have you been listening to, doing, seen any gigs? Tell us, sister. I haven't seen any gigs, which is... I was- like I'm at that point of having a gigless life where I can't remember what the last show was that I actually mm. saw. Like, and isn't that disconcerting? It is, when but you get to that it's point? the plague. I no, I know, but I'm like, actually, <laughs> it what? Is. No, it is. When it, it hurts. I don't remember the last time. I went to a wedding in Geelong the other week yeah. and there was a, a cover band in the front bar and I was loving it. And I was realizing that it's because it's been such a long time yeah. since I've been that close to live instruments. <laughs> Didn't matter if it was Unreal. like Crocodile Rock or yeah. really shit. <laughs> no, it didn't. But it just made me realise okay. that that proximity to yeah. that kind of music has been so... It's been so long. Absent. Although I am in a unique position where there's like three different music events coming up on Friday that I forgot I attached myself to all of them. And now I'm like, I don't know if I can actually do that. What are these things? It's a rescheduled bamboo show at the Croxton, which is on Friday. Band from Sydney called Loretta, which is at Northcote Social Club on Friday. And then a friend of mine's doing a kind of like a DJ night in South Melbourne. So it's like, I can't, like, it's a lot of running around within a short period of time. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. What kind of DJ? What kind of music? Kind of like Afrobeat, reggaeton stuff, which is a vibe for this kind of weather, I think. Um, But also, apparently, I saw Jerry Poon from the Operatives post that there's some mandate about there being no indoor dance floor events until April, which kind of sucks. So I didn't know that. Um, Some intel on that, and so to be so Melbourne centric, but I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. No, I'm sure it um, pertains to other cities. In Chapel Street right now, at Love Machine, Electric, Somewhere Bar, quite a few of these bars, they just they're just dancing. They're just letting people dance, and they're coming along, and slapping them with a thirty thousand dollar fine. There's eight owners of the like the same five clubs 
eight eight different owners. They're just going, cool, we'll just pay it, whatever. True. We're making Mad yeah. Bank. We're mm. going to cop it. That's a good Off point, we go. I guess. Whereas Revolver, which I was hosting trivia at last night, has the saddest sign you've ever seen. It says, no dancing, please. Please observe social distancing so we can mo- stop making signs like this. I'll say that yeah, that's No tough. dancing, please. Please observe social distancing so we can stop making signs like this. Well, I can confirm that the dance floor at the Grand Pooh Bar in, uh, <laughs> in, in Hobart has few restrictions, both literally and uh, physically and okay. perhaps emotionally. And you went to you in Byron Bay recently and you had a guy. What was he saying to you on the dance floor? Perhaps someone was not vaccinated. Oh, he was saying, we should just respect each other's choices. I'm just going to take Marcus's thing. He's clenched his fist. Yeah, I was getting angry. <laughs> no, no, I'm just worried you, you're talking like this. We need to see you. Do- That's better, Marcus. <laughs> Sorry, I said it. Well, it's because my microphone's so low. I've got to rest it's my giant true. head uh, down, down. Do you want to swap? No, it's too late. It's like a jet-style <laughs> flight for podcasting right now. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> this is con- economy class He's podcast. John, John Stevens and just kick off and get kicked off the flight. Oh. Yeah, no, he was saying that we should just respect each other's choices. It's not about being vaxxed. It's about I don't impinge on your rights and you don't impinge on mine. He didn't say impinge because it was the dance floor at 2 in the morning. But you- <laughs> Wasn't it more like this? We should respect each other's choices. Right in your face. Yeah, water oh. sounds... Oh yeah, God. saliva the whole. But you know, I'm I I feel lucky that I've been on dance floors to, uh, you know, to even be in those conversations. Mm. For sure, agree. Well, hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, wedding dance floors are fine. Yes. Yeah, I've yes. um, done four weddings in the last five weeks, and Good. they've all popped off, and they've all been hell of fun. You know, playing Salmon Dance, Chemical Brothers to a wedding crowd. Playing this new track, new track, Do It To It by A Craze, which is, you guys heard about this track? Mm-hmm. So on New Year's Eve, it was the biggest track in Australia. It said something like 250 million streams. It just went bonkers. Mm. So like worldwide, but especially in Australia. And it's just going up and up and up and up. And everywhere you go, people are really just, just as soon as you hear it. And it's nice to have that new energy on a dance floor. Again, yes, yes, sure, it's a wedding and it's a bit of a funny rule. Like I'm, a modern Macarena. Um, <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Go with that. It's damn, damn good. Let's go like, with that. People are really the lo- next bus stop. It. The next bus stop. <laughs> They're losing their minds on the dance floor, and it's freaking good. I just hope we can get back to some normality soon enough, yeah. you know, and we're not having this conversation uh, next year. But it feels like, I mean, touch wood, it does feel like it's all heading in a really good direction at the moment. You know, feels like it's, it's mm. there. I reckon we said that two years ago. <laughs> yeah, look, it's keeping optimism consistently. I'm getting flashbacks. Run out of Greek letters. Hopefully. I mean, if anything, we're at least feeling like, you know, we can, we know how to survive it a little bit more than yeah. being yep. completely freaked out. Yep. Totally. Yep. I feel like we snap back into normal living pretty easily. I, I know I do. Just like, just feel like okay, cool, cool. Mm. That bit's over. We do this bit again, which I think for a, long, for a little while people were feel, kind of having a bit of sort of PTSD butthurt about that. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit more, so see about any kind of oh, music yeah, you've been uh, listening to. Oh, yeah, what I've been listening to. There is, well, I guess by the time this is out, the album will be out. It's called Few Good Things by a Chicago hip-hop artist called Saba, S-A-B-A. It's an incredible record. He is someone who I've been following for some years now, um, kind of rolls in the same lane as No Name, Smino, Chance the Rapper. Like They're all cut from that Chicago kind of cloth of like – I guess from 2015 onwards, that was really kind of carving up, carving out a new lane in American hip hop. This album follows on from Care for Me, which dropped in 2018, and again, it's it's song it's, it's songwriting from 
um, someone who, you know, has a lot of wisdom but beyond his years. And this this album is no different. So for context, Saba is part of this collective called Pivot Gang. Like we're talking like um, visual artists, spoken word artists, poets um, and rappers all doing some incredible things in, in Chicago and, you know, beyond as an extension. Um, they've had a lot of loss in recent years. Last year, one of their members, founding members, um, who went by the artist name of Squeak, 26 years old, died from gun violence, which kind of feels like that's the, it shouldn't be the norm, but you read about these things and you're like, okay, it happened in Chicago, probably, you know, it happens more often than not. So in this album, you can hear stories of like identity politics, cultural politics, but also this over overarching theme of like, why are we still, why are we still doing, going through this? You know, uh, when I spoke to Saba, off the back of the Care For Me record, at that time, again, it's so fucked up, like at that time he just lost another, he just lost a member of the collective who was also his cousin to gun violence as well and it was just like, you know, he's going through all these formative times and having to channel it through the music. So it was kind of weird to then revisit, to go into this album knowing that the same thing had happened to him again like, what, three, four years later? Um, but by the time this episode is out, the album will be out. Definitely go run it up. It's got Black Thought from The Roots is on there. He's tapped Jay Herbo, Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, a lot of interesting flavors are on there. So I've been rinsing that along with like <laughs> the latest record from The Weeknd, which is so cheesy, so cheesy, 80s like synth rock um and synth pop like the the it's like the r&b with the weekend is like an afterthought now and i kind of love that so um dawn fm is obviously that one but i think it, it caught my attention uh the way he described it was um he said that this album would be the soundtrack to his idea of purgatory and his idea of purgatory is being stuck in a traffic jam in hell so this album is what he would envision be playing as like you're driving to the light mm. at the end of the tunnel and I was just like oh that's interesting and I listened to it and I was just like damn if like, that would get you through a traffic jam this record <laughs> yeah I thought I thought for a second that he was going to make that music that really put you in that kind of Porter's Head second record kind of mm. treacherous space but it's just sort of something you can enjoy and yeah. lean into yeah because I think he's he's always been at his best where he's kind of dabbling in that hedonistic kind of mm. Nothing ha- nothing good happens after two a.m. sort of area. And yet, I'm addicted to being at after. You know, yeah, I'm addicted to the the, the post two a.m. thing. But this album is like, what if you're coming at it from a perspective of being like, okay, shit, I did a lot of drugs, I fucked around a lot, and now it's I'm feeling the effects of all of that stuff. Do I do I still want to keep doing it, or I keep making the same mistakes? Yep. Why do I keep doing that? I'm getting older. The fuck. I loved him in Uncut Gems. Do you see when he played himself? I haven't seen Uncut Gems. It's really, really cool because you, you're getting this insight. Kind of, I still remember the first time I listened to Drake, early early Drake records, I was on a flight. I was like, I'm getting insight in real, like, mm. warts and all, <laughs> probably literally, um, <laughs> of this guy's life. And same with, with Uncut Gems where he's playing himself and he sort of hooks up. He gets a bit of action, both of the zero variety and also fist fighting variety. Yeah. He gets sort of bites up more than he can chew. But, you know, he's obviously – sign up for the role knowing I'm not going to phone this in, I'm not going to be playing this kind totally. of 
phoned in character. Yeah. You know, it's more than just a cameo. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You like anxiety. You'll like Uncut Gems. <laughs> um, also, um, the new placebo record, okay. which is not out Whoa. yet. Whoa. What's this? Hang on. When does this podcast come out? It won't be out yet, but. I'm just talking like, is it 1998? Yeah. Like, exactly. I'm excited yeah, yeah. for more placebo. Like, yeah, yeah. When, can you remember when Pure Morning dropped? How freaking exciting. Yeah. That friend in me is a friend in, like the friend with weed line. You know, smoke weed and sing that to each other, and yeah. way before any kind of self awareness was so nice, wasn't it? <laughs> totally. Uh, but yeah, that, that record I'm I'm currently in the process of reviewing, so it's been banging around in my head for like the last week and a half. Um, Brian's voice it's it's like you could just go back to the '90s. Like it sounds exactly. If we're talking about vocalists who sound exactly the same, there's that something about their core sound. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed, but it, it still sounds really fresh. Good to start your career with like a nasally, reedy <laughs> voice. Yeah. Because exactly. then you never lose it, exactly. do you? Exactly. Like and you make that your thing. Well, yeah. As then... opposed to Courtney Taylor Taylor from Danny Warhol's. I haven't heard him hit a like, I've seen maybe seven times since that first tour. The range just comes just down. dropping and dropping. And please, I want the best for you. Put the bong down. Put the bugle down. Shout out to the auditorium. Uh, my friend... Our friend Tamil Rojan, who's mm. been on this, he's talked about it, actually. That's looking like it's going to happen again it's where good. he goes around, does the symphony, does a score for Danny Warhols and sort of tours around with them. Hopefully that comes to fruition. We can give you more tea on that. Yeah. Nick Littlemore once told me that uh, he was at this, like, mansion slash, you know, this huge property in the middle of uh, regional England and Brian Molko was there. <laughs> And he's like, he just wanted to always use it. He wanted to kiss me all night. Just kept chasing me around, trying to kiss me. <laughs> and Nick and I kept I hiding in bedrooms. <laughs> and somehow Brian would just pop up. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not into you, man. You know, for some people, so, that would be the ultimate dream situation. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> Obviously, true, true. not for Nick Littlemore. <laughs> no, not, not for Nick Littlemore. He didn't. Uh, he didn't want to. Didn't want to go there. Um, what about okay. you? What are you doing? Well, we had a great chat this morning on Triple R about the mm. Australian Music Prize, and that made me, in the lead up to it, listen to Carnage, which I only listened to twice before the Nick, Nick Cave, Warren, Warren, Warren Ellis. Ellis. And that is what I want to listen Like, I just lay in bed. So my, my my eldest daughter kicked me out of my bed this morning. So I went and slept in a bunk for two hours. And then after <laughs> two hours, I'm like, what am I? Like, some kind of dead mosquito up here. So I went down and kicked her out. Okay, Papa. Um, anyway, so fractured sleep, you know. And I just wanted to lie down and I just was like, okay, I've got an hour before I speak to Sos on air and I listen to that record and to get that in, you know, to hear about everything I think is through the prism of him him losing his son, Arthur, mm. and every single lyric I can bring back to something to do with that. Um, he's kind of made, he's made his life, I wouldn't say better, but some of the comments he's, he's talked about in interviews, like the, the connection he's felt with people, who have also lost children and the sort of the knowledge he's managed to accrue about the world, the kind of emotional knowledge, he's made absolutely the best of like the worst situation mm. you can possibly imagine. And of course, Nick Cave was always going to do that, but even just getting up every day and going, like, at what stage per of the day do you remember you've lost your son? It's probably the first thing you think of, like, and you can try and avoid that thought. And for him and Warren, just you know, it's like they've each time they make a record, it's like they've got a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, and they don't, they never complete the puzzle, and they get really close. And as a listener, we get to like look at the puzzle and look at this this almost beautiful Technicolor picture hmm. painting. Do you, do you subscribe to Nick's Red Hand Files email? Big time, I love it that's, so much. That's a good one. Yeah. And did you have you read Nina Simone's Gum Warren Ellis? No, I really wanted to read that. Really, really great. Uh, that's one of the my 
musical quotation marks highlights of the past month or so. I, I read it in one sitting. It's so wow. great. And it made me feel so much better about the importance I attach to all by music shit. Excellent. Like bookmarks and scrap paper and someone's pick and, you know, a bit of glitter from Prince's show, all that sort of stuff that I keep in a box and, and drive my um, family crazy. That's essentially what Nina Simone's Come is about and to know that Warren Ellis attaches, like, get so much joy and, and importance from it, it made me feel so much better about being, yeah. being music. I'm glad yeah, you reminded us of that of that book. It's really beautiful. Been, yeah. Oh man, he's just a great soul. He's mm. just such a, you know, he's just got zero BS. He, he's just all about art and doing, you know, doing following his vision. And what I was to say, oh yeah, I spoke to Nick Cave about this is the Nick Cave exhibition a few years ago, and he brought this amazing Mary kind of statue kind of freeze that I'm looking for here. Um, anyway, it's this white Mother Mary thing, and he was going through Istanbul touring at the time with bad seeds and Warren Ellis had been bitten by wasps or something like that so yeah this is like like bitten face this is like there's all these sort of like hives across his face and even though this Mary statue was so fucking heavy yes I just kept kept I dragged it everywhere and hoarded it with me because every time I look at Warren's face I just like have to look back at this porcelain <laughs> Mary just to get this kind of uh, calm blue ocean <laughs> So maybe that's why Warren drew, grew the beard. Uh, I'm not sure. But I love the fact is he, that... Is he then... hideous wasp <laughs> Oh, my God. Pockmarked, stung face, God bless. I love the fact that just the way they talk about each other as well. You know, the Red Hat Files came out last yeah. week. You know, you know, yes, Warren and I have been rehearsing and it sounds amazing. And mm. Yeah, they're, they're very much each other's muses. Mm. Did you notice the slight drive-by he gave to Susie uh, a few days ago and he said, yes. my wife is on Instagram. And there she is, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It's like, whew, yeah. good luck. Good luck when that comes back. And he, yeah. yeah, but he, he knows what he's doing. Um, I did find it very, very amusing. It was, it was the only catty moment of any. Yeah, one of my favorite Red Hat files is that, that the Greek dude who was talking about he lost his brother and he was on this mm. boat and he just had a really long description. That's right. Yeah, and he just gets to the end, tells about how I went and I listen to your music and I see my brother. And, uh, and he just, he just Nick just replied, "You Greeks are the best." <laughs> that was the whole reply, and that made the Greek news. Like it actually, Did it? Yeah, it made the oh, wow. different Greek newspapers. Nick Cave says Greeks are the best. It's like a whole story. Co-signed. Yeah, yeah, it's unreal. Um, something you played that for me this morning or for the listeners was uh, by Ali Aluya Aluya A L E W Y A. The song was called Play, and. I texted you at the time, like, what is this? Can you tell us a bit more about that? It's a bop. That? Oh, it's a That's my professional bop. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. No, she got on my radar. I think she's represented by our good friend Melody. Yes. Yeah. From 23 uh, Management. Th- that sounds sh- right. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Man, I, the, the first time I came across her, I actually saw a photo of her, and she's stunning. Like, just gorgeous. Like, a I had just I remember having in my head like just melanin shea butter <laughs> you know just high fashion like absolutely stunning and I was just like okay I'm going to give this a shot but the way the soundscapes are set up it's like you could be in a club listening to her and it bangs or you could just be on your own in your bedroom wanting to space out a little bit is that the vibe you got yep. off this track in particular yep, yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's working on both those levels. Yeah, and she's got. I'm pretty sure she's got a, f- 
she dropped a project at the end of last year. I can't remember if it's like an EP or like a mixtape sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But she's got she's got more coming out this year. So definitely keep your ears out. Excellent. Um, complete left left field left turn. Uh, the track I'm obsessed with and we're playing it all summer long is a Mojo Filter remix of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. I so we were just talking about mm-hmm. Nick Cave. And every time I play this track, the whole room stops and people just like look because that track's always been kind of something you could nearly work on a dance floor, but this has just got a yeah, heavier beat. Yeah, I can see that. A kind of a fun little almost Trent Moller, Super Maya guitar thing that goes over the top, lots of drama, a, an intro at the start um, where he's like, if you're going to do something, do it well. And he just, he just, and you're really like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna give everything I can to to my to the and because everyone like everyone to the age of or whoever loves Peaky Blinders, so many people know that song now from Peaky Blinders. Mm. You know, it's been the Scream soundtrack, it's been sort of everywhere, uh, but it's just it's a song that just keeps going and keeps finding new people. And this remix, which you can't find on Spotify, but I highly encourage you to look it up on YouTube. Mojo Filter. Red right hand, it absolutely slams. Cool. Yeah, I didn't say slaps because I hate the word slaps. Not into it. it slams. Bops good. Slams good. <laughs> where, where do you sit and all that before we talk about um, um slapping record labels that don't oh, uh, respect journalists when they're doing band bios? <laughs> um. Well, I've been listening to everything at Monophoma as as uh, gushed about earlier, but I'm trying to think. I've just moved house, so and we don't have the internet, so I've been playing a lot of records. Excellent. And I've been um, I've been mainly listening to good good house moving records like something a bit gentle. What's your go-to? That just floats through. Number one, Dad's been getting a spin. Yep. Sweetwell, really love that record. Oh, um, I've been listening to a lot of, of Purpline, which is a Sydney band. Uh, the reason being that one of the members passed away. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and they were they were good buddies of mine. Mm. So they've been getting played through. Augie March have a new record called the Ungoogleable, Ungoogleable title, Bloodsport and Porn. Fantastic. Uh, very Augie March. Yeah, very Augie March. Good on um, Yeah, so that's sort of, you know, stuff that you don't have to fight about where the things are going in the utensil drawer. <laughs> yes. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And how is it? Um, been, moving house is a very unstressful kind of time. How oh, it's a breeze. Um, it's fine. I can't. I, I can't comment for fear of retaliation. So, um, I'm finding lots of uh, old newspaper articles and, <laughs> and and things, and that's that's been fun for you. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'm a bit of a hoarder. Rolling blackouts, coastal fever. I've been listening a lot to for undisclosed reasons. Big big fan of those guys. Would you be doing a band bio for them? No. I wouldn't say that. Okay. Well. Well, I'm looking for a perfect uh, link to our next uh, segment. But I have. To, oh, I did a band bio for Rule, who has a new track out, oh, yeah. which is um, kind of been stuck in my head ever since, to be completely honest. Right. Um, he feels like actually come up this year, doesn't he? Like a, an extra kind of bumped yeah. into him at Monophoma too. Really? Yeah, he was getting on the ferry with you his two, family. You two would kind of be the same height. It's good because we can have a conversation and yeah. no one else can hear. Yeah. 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 You don't have to be like. Have your knuckles on your chin <laughs> no. if you're leading to a... No, he doesn't do economy. Yeah. He does not do economy. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. I, was in the, I was in the line for the posh pit, though. See? The posh and, pit? Yeah, See? which, which, which gets essentially the business class of getting on the ferry at Mona. See, that's... And uh, so, I had to, so I had to say goodbye to him because I was moving forward while he was in line. Well, he, he, he wasn't in the posh pit. I'm, I'm just saying. Whoa, you're very mysterious today, Marcus. We like it. Mm-hmm. 
bit of a mystery to me why, and we won't name names, mm-hmm. why a record label would approach you so say and ask you to do a band bio and then renege on it a week later. It doesn't feel like much, but I think it's the principle of the thing here in that here we were going to pay you money to do something you're really, really good at um, and then you didn't hear from them and then I end up getting gig, we won't name names, and it all feels a bit yucky, doesn't it? Um, well, it's yeah. just a bit of a shame, really. Mm. Um, Not getting treated like need to treat writers like anyway. Like, we all yeah. treat each other with, with a certain level and of like, respect. And like you know, it's a, I mean the I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm not angry. I got COVID a week later, so I had like bigger shit to worry about, to be honest. Yeah. But it's like you know, I feel like we're in a in a unique position where it's like if I if either of us get opportunities that we either can't take on or we think, you know, because I've had it a lot where I'm like, I don't think I could probably do this justice. However, here's a list of other people to go to. So it's a common courtesy, you know. Yes. And that's what this situation could have been. But again, washing my hands. But I'm keeping an eye out, so. Oh, God. (laughs) That's the most sinister. (laughs) But yeah, it's just like, you know, we we were talking about this earlier. We've also spoken about this in different episodes as well. When we get employed to produce material for artists, whether or not it's for major labels or for indies, it's like that that work doesn't necessarily stop when we finish the band bio. Like that work gets repurposed, can be repurposed for months afterwards. Even years. Yeah, um, and I, you know, and it really has our name on it, you know. And I'm talking yeah. for all journalists here, you know, yeah. it'd be nice to look, think about when Rolling Stone had Hunter S. Thompson's name on the cover. That kind of vibe. Hmm. All we want is to think about yeah, for, you know the photographers having their work shared without being credited. I feel like that's the same yep. sentiment. That I think we should all draw a line in the sand and say, "Cool, we'll do the band bio." I know Marcus does lots of them. He's been slinging plenty of my work my way too and you do some as well so mm. we should just say hey this is this is fine but seeing as i'm producing what is essentially a, a piece of art for you about another piece of art i'd love to uh just have my name on it it's would, not asking too would much. you want your name on a bio for a band's record that you don't like yes because it still have me in it i mean the weird thing about band bios as we know is there's always three or four sometimes five or six rewrites and sometimes it can get taken in a completely different direction Maybe I'd like to have director's cut. <laughs> Actually, you can omit that one. Um, well, about Shepard? No, I've never <laughs> written about Shepard. Really? No, 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 don't worry. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. Hey, Geronimo. Uh, what else can we talk? Just a few more minutes, my what friends. Are, what's, the, yep. um, hit me, hit me, hit me. what's the landscape of Hit Different looking like this year? Great question. So I think Marcus Teague is, is a busy, busy boy. So he's going to become a bi-monthly co-host in five or six appearances a year. This one doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> And all going well, we're going to bring bring on uh, other bi-monthly co-hosts. They are Milo Eastwood from PBS, also does puts on the Love Sensations parties. Very much a, a talent that's arrived fully formed. He does the breakfast spread on PBS and he does six to nine, Monday to Friday, and always has the same wonderful, ebullient, yet still low-key, not too excited energy. Kind of, that's me when I'm at my best. I'm not too excited. I was trying to channel a bit of Milo. He's going to join us. Just spoke to him, and he's very, very excited to come on board and Good to get his some... voice out there to yeah, yeah, places he's... beyond Victoria. Exactly, exactly, spot on. He's originally from Sydney as well. So, uh, Andy Hazel, who 
He works for the Saturday Paper. He plays in a bunch of different bands, Paradise Motel. Lovely um, man. AM reruns, very sharp cat, no ego, just a really nice dude. He's always, yeah. When I ever do the Good Weekend quiz with him, I'm like, fuck, you're smart. <laughs> so he's going to be joining us as well. Um, Janaya Turner I'm from so April onwards. So excited. We appeared on a hit different live podcast and spilt, uh, deliberate, don't want to say spilt, just sort of swirled around the tea and served it up to us in a beautiful uh, cup. She'll be joining us. She used to manage MIA, Arcade Fire, uh, Bjork, including when she was living with Bjork and Matthew Barney. And that was like her first job, I remember. Yeah. Her singing no, I, in music. Did she? I missed that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah was right. Like her first manager living with job. Matthew Barney and Bjork upstate New York, wondering. Yeah. What is going on? Mm. <laughs> and just seeing their process and seeing how, you know, all those decisions they made. And so we'll be getting sort of the nuts and bolts mm. and, and the real, you can tell she wants to tell it, you know, talk to but us But also about. she's just got an incredible way of telling stories yeah. as well. So having her opinions on all the different things that we talk about will be amazing. For sure. Absolutely. Janae the Slay. Right now she's just finishing off putting together a, a kid's album. Um, with great artists making mm. songs that aren't the Wiggles, bless you, Wiggles, and just sort of lifting that kind of kids' album uh, up to another level. So that's very really cool. exciting. Yeah, so all that's happening. All righty, friends. Well, I've lost two kilograms in this uh, sauna of a studio. <laughs> You've Raphael Nadal'd it. I have. I have indeed. Oh my God, that's so good. Watching the photo him. of him afterwards <laughs> kind of made me stressed. <laughs> so you dropped like four kilos. No, you don't drop four kilos. You drop, in you a drop match. Really. No, you could drop the. Played four kilos. hours. Five and, five, he, five and a half hours, maybe five and a half kilos. Just so strung out, and I'm like, I am not prepared to do that. But then yeah. again, that's why I'm not the number one tennis player. Maybe you had a bathroom break. Yeah. Maybe. We had a maybe. Paul Pierce moment. Um, yeah, sorry, I just hijacked you. Not at all. No, <laughs> I'm just happy to be. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Uh, look up everything we've, we've talked about. Let's just go through a quick, through, quick recap. We talked about Nick Cave, Mojo Filter Remix. Talked about. Uh, Ali, <laughs> Aluya, A L E W Y A. Mm-hmm. We talked about some new music from Saba. What else did we talk about? Monofoma. Monofoma. Talked about the best music to, Midnight to, Oil. to, to listen to when you're when you're moving house and you want to mm-hmm. um, make important stuff. <laughs> Molehills out of mountains. <laughs> you mm-hmm. want to? No, you just you just want to like set the mood set for the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, harmonious love. Yes. <laughs> Justice, justice for tall people on airplanes. We covered that. We did the posh pit. Posh pit on ferries. Did it all, my friends. Yeah. Uh, am I right in thinking, Mikey, that Yo. the uh, now that with this episode it announces essentially that new episodes are going to drop every Monday from now on? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Just when I thought I was out. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Pull me back in. Pull me back in. Fantastic. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, spread the love, share the love, just um, prepare yourself for the love, according to Marcus. Set the mood for love. Mm-hmm. It's all about love this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I've given up hugs, just so you know. No, you have not. No, I have. I have. I've given up hugs. Really? My partner does not want to get Omicron, so she's like... True. So I used to be one of the most renowned hug dealers. It's all over friends. <laughs> um, it's elbows or nothing. So yeah, I, was, I was going somewhere with it. <laughs> Believe it or not. As Marcus holds up a very fetching... Pink, Pink. Drink, bottle. <laughs> drink bottle. Adjoining with my much used Voss. And, I should have uh, brought water. Damn it. Did good. I was going to say so says. No, I won't say that. Chin chin. Let's move on. Friends, we'll see you next see week. See you next week. Love y'all. <laughs>